This podcast is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find other great shows on the network, head over to DeluxeEditionNetwork.com. That's DeluxeEditionNetwork.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Stephen Jarvis and Friends podcast. Sorry that I wasn't able to record this yesterday. I wasn't feeling really well. So we're here today, but the schedule will remain the same, which is Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. I've um, also been packing stuff up, trying to get ready for when we move later this month. Uh, please go over to the deluxeeditionnetwork.com where you'll find the podcasts of the month, which are Horsing Around, and The Real Drunks. Also, if you want to find other great podcasts, go on the deluxeeditionnetwork.com where you'll find every type of podcast that you would like. We have all types of genres, and you got me there. So thank you so much for all the support and love you showed to not only me, but to the network, and also to my, some of my good friends, that being Kyle Curtis Flett, who runs Flett, movies and pop culture 13 and mark benset jr and brian who run the talking shit show thank you so very much and let's get on with it so last week we talked about how the jets kind of started rebuilding and they had some success um and then we also scratch that sorry i got mixed up Last time, we talked about the search for success. Um, they had Bruce Coslett, Pete Carroll, and Richie Kotite as head coaches during that period of time, which was 1990 to 1996, and it, they had some mixed reviews. Well, this episode is going to be the return to respectability from 1977 to 2014, and it starts with Bill Parce- the Bill Parcells era, so let's get on with it. Hess and team president Gutman agreed on a top candidate as new coach. Patriots coach Bill Parcells, who had won two Super Bowls with the Giants and was in the process of taking the Patriots there as well. Parcells believed that he could void his contract and seek a position elsewhere. New England Patriots owner Robert Kraft believed the Patriots would be entitled to compensation. NFL commissioner Paul Tagliabue, Tagliabue ruled in the Patriots' favor and New England demanded the Jets give them the first pick overall in the upcoming draft. The Jets responded by hiring Parcells' disciple Bill Belichick as head coach. Parcells was to serve as a consultant in 1997 and head coach beginning in 1998. The Patriots were unimpressed by what they saw as a subterfuge, and Tagliabu mediated the matter. He set Parcells free from the Patriots. The Jets gave the Patriots four draft picks, including their first round pick in 99. The Jets put an end to Belichick's six-day reign. He remained as assistant head coach and as defensive coordinator and hired Parcells as head coach. The Parcells era started with a 41-3 victory over Seattle. The Jets were 9-6 and in their first 15 games and went into the season final against the De- Detroit Lions, needing a win to make the playoffs. Parcells, who had never had full confidence in O'Donnell, benched him in favor of Ray Lucas after O'Donnell threw an early interception. 
Lucas was ineffective as well as the Jets lost 13 to 10. The eight game improvement in the standings together with Parcells reputation as a winner caused high expectations for 1998. The team announced that they would it would adopt a modified version of the Jets 1963 through 1977 logo and uniforms beginning in the 1998 season. Parcells signed Patriots running back Curtis Martin as a restricted free agent, giving up first and third round picks. Parcells also signed Baltimore Ravens quarterback Vinny Testaverde as a free agent, which paved the way for O'Donnell's release from the team. After an 0-2 start, New York won six of the next seven games. The Jets lost only once the rest of the way and clinched their first NFL division crown against the Bills on December 19, 1998. They set a franchise record for the number of victories in the season with the win over the Parcel over the Patriots in the season finale. The team finished 12 and 4 and were second and were the second seed in the playoffs with the first round bye. The Jets faced the Jacksonville Jaguars in their divisional playoff game, their first home playoff game since the 1986 season. New York defeated the Jaguars 34-24 and met the top-seeded Broncos in the AFC Championship game. Though the Jets possessed a 10 to nothing lead in the third quarter. The Broncos, led by John Elway in his final home game, came back and defeated the Jets 23-10. The Jets had high hopes for 1999, but suffered a blow in the season opener when Testaverde ruptured his Achilles tendon and was lost for the season. New York suffered other injuries and fell to a 2-6 and record before recovering to finish 8-8. Eight eight. Two days after the end of the season, Parcells announced his resignation as coach. He remained with the team for a year as chief of football operations. Belichick was slated to become head coach in Parcells' place, but one day later he announced his own resignation. Robert Kraft had gotten word to Belichick through intermediaries that he could have complete control of football operations and a $2 million salary if he got out of his contract with the Jets. After a lawsuit to void Belichick's contract failed and Tagliabu refused to release him, the Jets and Patriots agreed on draft choice compensation for the Jets. As a result of Leon Hess's death in May 1999, the team was up for auction in January 2000. In a bidding war between Charles F. Doolin and Woody Johnson, Johnson emerged victorious and he purchased the team for $635 million dollars. Johnson expressed interest in having Parcells return to his coaching role. The team elevated linebackers coach Al Groh to the head coaching position when Parcells refused. In May 2000, New York traded wide receiver Keyshawn Johnson, a major offensive threat to the 1998, on the 1998 team, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for two first-round draft picks. Johnson wanted a renegotiated contract and was threatening to hold out. Having acquired New England's pick in the Belichick compensation and with their own pick, the Jets had four first-round picks. They selected quarterback Chad Pennington as well as defensive lineman John Abram and Sean Ellis and tight end Anthony Becht, all of whom would be key players on the Jets' playoff teams of the 2000s. For the first time, the Jets won their first four games, including a victory over Johnson and the Buccaneers. They reached 6-1 following the Monday Night Miracle, the largest comeback in the history of Monday Night Football. The Jets overcame a 30-7 fourth-quarter deficit to defeat the Dolphins 40-37 in overtime. The Jets went 3-6 after that, finishing at 9-7 out of the playoffs. After spending less than a year with the team, Gru 
resigned to accept a coaching job as alma mater, the University of Virginia. Parcells resigned from his front office position was replaced with Chiefs executive Terry Bradway on Parcells' recommendation. Herman Edwards takes over. On January 18, 2001, the Jets announced Herman Edwards as the new coach. Edwards, a former defensive back who had worked his way up through the NFL coaching system, had never served as head coach at any level. He was the first African-American Jets head coach. Edwards lost his first game two days before the September 11 attacks. In the wake of 9-11, the NFL had to decide whether to play its games the following weekend. Testaverde and the Jets spoke out against playing on the weekend after 9-11, and the Jets were prepared to forfeit the game rather than fly. The NFL decided to move that week's game to the end of the season. The Jets needed to win that game in Oakland against Raiders to reach playoffs, and John Hall kicked a last-minute 53-yard field goal for a 24-22 victory in a playoff berth. Edwards was the first coach to lead the Jets to the playoffs in his first year with the team. In the playoffs, the Jets again played at Oakland. New York could not stop the Raiders' passing game, and Oakland won 38-24. The Jets began the 2002 season 1-4, but then put together a six-game winning streak. On the final day of the season, the Jets beat the Packers following a New England victory over Miami. This gave the Jets a 9-7 record, their second post-merger division title and a playoff for Chad Pennington had an outstanding day against the Packers and finished the season the top-rated passer in the league. The Jets began the playoffs against the Indianapolis Colts at home and defeated them 41-0. The Jets then played the Raiders, who again defeated them in Oakland 30-10. The Jets lost a number of key players to free agency in the offseason. Four signed with the Washington Redskins, now known as the Washington Commanders, including Kicker Hall. Wide receiver Lavernius Coles, kick returner Chad Morton, and offensive lineman Randy Thomas. During a preseason game against the Giants, Pennington sustained a serious wrist injury and required surgery. The aging Testaverde stepped in as starter but led the Jets to only a 2-6 Two and six record, including losses to the Redskins and the Dallas Cowboys. The Jets split their remaining games and finished six and ten. In spite of the team's poor 2003 record, Johnson retained Edwards as head coach and extended his contract through 2007. With the healthy Pennington at quarterback, the Jets began their season at five and zero for the first time, and then lost two of their next three games. During the season's second meeting with the Bills, Pennington suffered a tear in his rotator cuff that caused him to miss three starts. Pennington returned in a twenty-nine to seven route of the Houston Texans. The team struggled toward the end of the regular season, winning only one of its final four games. Despite a final game loss to the St. Louis Rams, the Jets reached the playoffs. The team traveled to San Diego to play the Chargers in the wildcard round and upset them 23-20 on a Doug Bryan field goal in overtime. The win set the Jets to the divisional round against the 15-1 Pittsburgh Steelers. The Jets again took their opponent to overtime as Bryan missed a field goal with two minutes remaining and the score tied. He missed a second field goal in overtime. Pittsburgh kicker Jeff Reed proved more accurate and the Steelers beat the Jets 20-17. In week three of the 2005 season, both Pennington and backup quarterback Jay Fielder were injured against the Jaguars. With both quarterbacks out for the season, third-string quarterback Brooks Bollinger started. The 41-year-old Testaverde was brought out of retirement to serve as a backup. Bollinger played badly in a week 
in a loss in week four, and Testaverde became the starter. Testaverde had little success, and Bull- Bullinger did not fare better when he was reinstar- reinserted. Running back Curtis Martin chose to have an anthropo- anthroscopic surgery on his knee with four games left in the season. The Jets finished 4-12. and Eric Mangini, initial success, eventual firing. On January 6, 2006, Herman Edwards announced his resignation as head coach to take the same key position with Kansas City. The Jets received a fourth-round draft pick as compensation for Edwards, who is still under contract with the team. On January 17th, New York announced the hiring of former Patriots defensive coordinator Eric Mangini. Three weeks later, general manager Terry Bradway stepped down in favor of his assistant Mike Tenenbaum. Although Pennington took back his starting position, the Jets only managed to split their first eight games. They began the second half with a victory over New England and Foxborough and lost only two games the rest of the way to finish 10-6 and and secure a playoff berth. In the wild card, round the Jets visited Foxborough again but this time fell to the Patriots 37-16 for his success in leading the Jets to the playoffs Mangini received the nickname Manginius and had a cameo appearance on the Sopranos after Mangini's successful rookie season New York had high hopes of further improvement following the team's opening loss against New England the Jets accused the Patriots of videotaping their signals NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell fined the Patriots and Bill Belichick and stripped New England of its first-round pick for in the 2008 draft. The stru- struggling to a 1-7 start, the Jets be- bench Pennington in favor of backup Kellen Clemens. The Jets only won only three games the rest of the way and finished with a 4-12 record. The Jets were again overshadowed by the Giants, who won their third Super Bowl by defeating the previously unbeaten Patriots. Following the 2007 season, Green Bay Packers quarterback Brett Favre had retired. He wished to return several months later, but found that the Packers had given Aaron Rodgers the starting spot. The subsequent trade talks and rumors were a major story leading to the 2008 season, and the Jets unexpectedly won the bidding war to trade for Favre. With Favre's accusation, sorry, the Jets released Pennington, who signed with the Dolphins. Despite a good start to the season, the Jets began to falter in December after Favre tore his rotator cuff. He threw five interceptions in the three-game span. The season came down to a final game against the Dolphins, led by Pennington at Giants Stadium. The Dolphins won to take the division title and eliminate the Jets from... The Dolphins won to take the division title and eliminate the 9-7 Jets from playoff contention. On December 29th, 2008, Mangini was hired after three seasons as head coach with an overall record of 23-25. Favre again briefly retired from football on February 11, 2009. Ben would later sign with the Minnesota Vikings, lead them to one of the greatest seasons they ever had in a long time, and fall one game short in New Orleans. But we'll talk about the Bounty Bowl BS later. Rex Ryan era. Following... Mangini's departure, New York hoped to lure former Pittsburgh Steelers head coach Bill Cower out of retirement, suggesting that Cower might be given control of football operations in addition to serving as coach. However, Cower decided, decided to remain retired for the season. On January 20, 2009, the Jets offered the position to Baltimore Ravens defensive coordinator Rex Ryan, who accepted. Tannenbaum engineered a draft day trade with Cleveland, who enabled which enabled New York to move up and select highly regarded USC quarterback Mark Sanchez. New York won its first three games of 2009, including their first home victory 
over the Patriots since 2000, but lost six of its next seven games. The Jets recovered to seven and six, but then lost to the Atlanta Falcons on December 20th, a defeat that caused Ryan to state that the Jets were obviously out of the playoffs. The next week, the Jets played the 14-0 Indianapolis Colts. The Colts removed many of their starting players from the game early in the second half with the 15-10 lead. The Jets came back for the victory. The victory put the Jets' fates in their own hands. And they defeated the Bengals, who also clinched a playoff spot and played with a few starters. In the last game ever at Giants Stadium to secure a playoff berth. The following week, the team played the Bengals in the playoffs, this time at Paul Brown Stadium, and secured a 24-14 victory over Cincinnati. That victory meant that the Jets would travel to San Diego to play the Chargers, who had won 11 straight games in the divisional round. Strong performances by Sanchez, running back Shannon Green, and the defense, Jets defense helped the Jets to a 17-14 win over the Chargers. New York played the top-seeded Colts in the AFC Championship game and secured an early 17-6 lead. They had little luck in the second half as the Colts went to the Super Bowl with the 30-17 and victory. The Jets had hoped to move into what was termed the West Side Stadium to be built in Manhattan after their 25-year lease at Giants Stadium expired. In 2005, it became clear that New York authorities would not permit the stadium to be built. After the West Side failure, the Jets and Giants entered into a joint venture to build a new $1.6 billion facility again, alongside Giants Stadium, which was torn down after the new venue was completed. The Jets' new home, MetLife Stadium, opened to the public in 2010. The stadium took 34 months to construct and can seat 82,500 fans. The Jets hosted the Giants in the first game of the preseason on August 16, 2010. Sorry about that. The Jets' first regular season home game at the new stadium was on September 13, 2010 and was shown nationwide on Monday Night Football. New York lost to the Ravens 10-9 but built a 9-2 record tied for the division lead with the Patriots, whom the Jets had beaten once. Going into a Monday night football game at New England, expectations of a Jets victory were high, but the Jets were defeated 45-3. New York recovered to qualify for the AFC playoffs as the sixth and final seed. In the wildcard round, the Jets defeated Indianapolis 17-16. This victory sent the Jets to a rematch with New England. The Jets upset the Patriots 28-21, setting up an AFC championship game at Pittsburgh. The Jets fell behind 20-0 and mounted a second-half comeback before losing to the Steelers 24-19. In 2011, Ray Ryan promised a Super Bowl appearance. The Jets played the Giants in the next-to-last week of the regular season with both teams still live for playoff bursts. The Jets lost to the Giants in the following week to the Dolphins, finishing 8-8 and missing the playoffs while the Giants used their victory over their in-stadium rivals to launch a winning streak, which cultivated in the Super Bowl championship again against the def- the Patriots. Sanchez did not perform as well in 2011 as, he pre- as in the previous two years. In March 12th, Colts quarterback Peyton Manning signed with Denver, making Broncos quarterback Tim Tebow expendable. Tebow had won considerable considerable public attention in 2011 by leading the Broncos on an unexpected playoff run. On March 21st, 2012, the Jets acquired Tebow from the Broncos in a trade involving lower round draft picks. Despite a season-long quarterback controversy and a poor 2012 
12 for Sanchez. Tebow was little used. Third string quarterback Greg McElroy started late in the year but was ineffective as the Jets fell to 6 and 10. Their first losing season under Ryan. On December 31st, 2012, the Jets fired Tendenbaum but announced that Ryan would remain as head coach. The Jets announced the hiring of Seattle Seahawks Vice President of Football Operations John Edzek as general manager on January 18th, 2013. On April 29th, soon after the team took West Virginia quarterback Geno Smith in the 2013 NFL Draft, Tebow was released by the Jets. <sighs> Sorry about that. The quarterback controversy between Smith and Sanchez was settled when Sanchez was injured in the 2013 preseason. He subsequently had surgery that ended his year. Ooh, sorry about that. The Jets were inconsistent behind Smith and finished 8-8. Eight and eight. Though knocking the Dolphins out of the playoff picture with the final week victory, Ryan's contract was due to expire after 2014, but the head coach was given a multi-year extension on January 16th of that year. Sanchez was released on March 21st, 2014, allowing the Jets to sign controversial former Falcons and Eagle quarterback Mike Vick. In 2014, the Jets went 4-12 last in passing until a final game victory at the Dolphins. Both Idzik and Ryan were fired on December 29, 2014, the day after the season ended. And that's pretty much how it went. Um, the Giants had a few decent years in the return to respectability. Uh, Parcells was probably their best chance, maybe even Herm Edwards. Uh, Rex Ryan and Eric Mangini probably weren't the best uh, choices for coaches that time. But, I mean, they had Mark Sanchez, which would later lead to the butt fumble. Let's be honest. They had Mike Vick, Tim Tebow, even though they didn't use him, um, Vinny Testaverde, Chad Pennington, Brett Favre, and now... They got Aaron Rodgers. I mean, if they don't win a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers, it might go down as one of the biggest boneheaded moves ever. And I'm a Vikings fan, and we're still thinking like that with Kirk Cousins. But you know what? I think Vikings fans can be given the benefit of the doubt. So that's it for today. Come back on Tuesday, and I will talk about Struggle for Success, 2015 to the Present. Also, I hope you enjoyed. If you're new to the channel, please go over to YouTube to the Stephen Jarvis and Friends podcast. And please subscribe, follow, comment, like, and hit that notification icon bell so that you never miss another moment of the podcast. And if you're returning, could you please tell people about us? Because we're desperately hurting. We have, I think, 51 subscribers on the YouTube channel. And if you'd like, you could always go to anywhere where you listen to podcasts where it's free and listen to us because we're trying to get to a thousand downloads all time or a thousand downloads in the last 30 days where I will do a live streaming, a question and answer um, stream. And you never know, I might have some guests to go with that. Thank you so very much. Please go over to the deluxe edition network.com where you'll find the May podcasts of the month, which are 
Horsing Around, and The Real Drunks. And check out all the other great podcasts at the deluxeeditionnetwork.com. You won't be disappointed. Thank you, and I will see you all on Tuesday. This podcast is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find other great shows on the network, head over to deluxeeditionnetwork.com. That's deluxeeditionnetwork.com. <laughs>